Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Access Podcast. We are so happy to have you with us, and thank you again for tuning in. Right now, we're going to be talking with Nick Mayo on today's episode of Tough Conversations. Hey, let's jump right into it. We're in the Tough Conversations with myself, Jake, and not even a guest. It's just, it's Nick. It's Nick. Not just Nick. It's Nick. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just always feels like it's really, really just wrong. Oh, it's just Nick. It's yeah. No, it's so thank you. Demeaning, for that. like you're not important. That's not what I was trying to communicate. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's more that you're a familiar voice and yes. a voice to this generation. Well, thank you. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about hearing God's voice, asking the difficult questions that maybe we haven't asked before, mm-hmm. and really hoping just to give a comprehensive and have a comprehensive conversation on what does it actually look like to hear God's voice in mm-hmm. 2020 when we have the Bible and we have a lot of teaching on it. Let's ask the questions. Let's go through it. Let's go to the Bible and let's have this conversation. So um, Nick, do you want to just kind of talk, touch on the importance of conversations and why we have this format instead of maybe just a teaching on it? Yeah. Yeah, one of the one of the things that happens in this, and we see it in the class quite a bit too, is is you could do a teaching, right? I could do a, a teaching on hearing God, and we have multiple times in the past, but being able to to have someone who sits in and asks the questions that most people have on their heart, uh, typically kind of unfurls the the conversation in a, in a completely different way. In class, whenever we're doing a teaching, uh, most of the students say that the question and answer time is where things really start clicking because you get to put it into context. You get to ask questions and seek further uh, clarity on it. So these kind of conversations are, are so, so crucial for us to be able to have. And, and I think even you know, in the topics that you guys have chosen for these tough conversations, uh, these are the questions that our generation is asking. Uh, but when you only get a teaching on telling you what you should think versus actually walking through the process of a healthy dialogue around it, um, there's just a difference. And then another thing that these conversations do is is they open up that dialogue and hopefully make it much more comfortable for listeners and in our generation to have these conversations themselves and to really talk through these things amongst themselves. So hopefully this really lays a good foundation and groundwork for uh, for these conversations to happen, not on a access podcast anymore, but in everyday life for people. Yeah, these are, you know, teachings are a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. He, he's, he has ordained people as teachers of the word and te- teachers of the kingdom. But ultimately, this in this format, we're hoping to take those teachings, ask questions around them, and have a conversation based on how you see it, how I see it, how other people have seen it, and how we bring scripture into this conversation. And and I think you know, as as podcasts have become more popular, the the, the podcasts that I listen to are the podcasts that have the best conversations. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that has, has the best content. It's where personality comes out. And I can yeah. laugh and joke and, and, you know, it's not so structured. It's more of a, hey, let's let's just have a real conversation. Let's not put up a front. Let's not try to be someone we're not. Let's not, not put on a show. But let's really talk about the real uh, questions that people have about real topics. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to have this tough conversation about uh, hearing God's voice. Yeah. So... Obviously, when we say hear God's voice, it means different things 
for different people who grew up from different backgrounds, depending on the church that you grew up to, or you grew up in, or depending on whether you grew up in church at all, what church you attend, what teachers you listen to. And so simply, let's just start with this. Can we Christians hear the voice of God? Why do some churches believe that you cannot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a big question, right? And and for me and my personal walk, this is this has defined my walk with the Lord. I came to know the Lord because I heard His voice uh, in my car on the way back out to Virginia when I was going through just utter hell on earth. Uh, it was God's voice that came through and started bringing peace in the midst of the storm. Uh, but then that that question of Am I actually thinking that I'm hearing God's voice? Is that actually a thing for today? Uh, was I mean, much of my ministry has been built off of this. So I would say in in short, yes, Christians can hear God's voice today. And in fact, it's a big uh, part of the Christian walk. <laughs> and And so much of Scripture is trying to usher us into hearing God's voice. And that's really why we have Scripture, is to be able to hear God's voice. Uh, and there's so many different things and levels that we'll get into here in this conversation. But the, the second part of that question of why do some churches uh, believe that you cannot, there's a couple things here at play. One is... Uh, Christians that have claimed to hear God's voice, and uh, I love how Pastor Daniel Vanderklok will say it, it ended up just being bad pizza. (laughs) (laughs) You know, people who have made these large declarations of, I've heard God's voice, and I'm going to do this, but then all of a sudden, six months down the line, it's a completely different story. Or you have, you know, pastors who who had had a giant ministry for hearing God's voice and being, you know, led by God's voice, and then all of a sudden their life ends in, you know, adultery and moral failure and all these different aspects. And and I think that those type of things have, have tainted the waters for Christians to really, truly uh, be able to, to believe in some instances that they can hear God's voice. Because if they say that they heard it, but then they did that, then, then what's going on there? Uh, but then there's a couple other things of, of church history that play into this whole thing, right? When you go back to the 1500s and Martin Luther coming onto the scene and, and bringing the, the Protestant Reformation, you have John Calvin, you have um, so much of what we know as the Protestant Reformation today. Um, you know, there's, there's multiple different things of, of swings, maybe we could call it, from, well, here's what the Catholic Church was doing. So the Catholic Church had very large um, claims of spiritual moves of God, right? They would hear from God's voice. They had uh, big claims on different icons or paintings, is what we would call them, uh, that were you know crying or bleeding or all these different things. And then there was a bunch that were falsified. And, and what happened in church history is these things came over and the church, rightfully so, started getting a little apprehensive of these quote-unquote big moves of God. Or extra-biblical. Exactly, exactly. And then you have something coming into where, you know, with the, the Reformation, you have these different solas, right? Uh, and there's sola scriptura, which is meaning the Bible alone. 
The Bible alone is the authoritative word of God. And, and you have that even today, and that was really, really emphasized in the early 20th century with uh, the three main solas, then came the five main solas, and these were found in different biblical teachers throughout history. Um, so you have, you have what's called cessationalism, which is going the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the, the crazy moves of God aren't really for today. They died out with the apostles. They died out at the, the canonizing of Scripture. Now that we have the Holy Bible, we don't need all those other things. And you have a lot of different belief structures that are carried heavily within different areas of the church. You have Lutheran and then uh, Christian Reform, baptism. A lot of them will, will kind of collectively gain around this. When I grew up in a Baptist church, it was Father, Son, Holy Bible (laughs) in in much of the different way. And if in that church you would have brought up any kind of, well, the Lord spoke to me in this way, it would have been not only just frowned upon, but, but you would have been, you know, given a few different scriptures probably of, of where, you know, scripture is for this. It's for teaching and rebuking and all these different aspects. So that's sola scriptura. Then you have another part of Christianity. You have um, the Methodists, which is like John Wesley really launched the the Methodist movement. You have Eastern Orthodox. You have the Anglican Church, which started in uh, over in the UK and in Europe, then came over here. Um, you have a, a, the Charismatic movement, to where instead of sola scriptura, uh, they obviously still say that Scripture reigns supreme but it's called prima scriptura. So scripture is the prime way that God would speak to us, but when we use the the scripture in the Holy Bible as a authoritative directive, we can see how God is actually speaking to us in all of creation in so many different ways, and we actually see that on the pages of of scripture. And I, I I don't bring these up to say, (laughs) let's argue these two points. But what I am saying is, why do some churches believe that you can't hear? That's a big portion of it. Solo scriptura and then the the whole cessationalism movement. Yeah, so my my father-in-law is is one of the godliest men that I know. Mm -hmm. And he's a pastor of a Reformed Baptist church. And we have, over the years, we've had, I can't even count the number of conversations uh, around this topic which is hearing God's voice. And, you know, and a lot of times as a charismatic, growing in a charismatic church, I, I, I sometimes can just label them as this is what they believe without actually having a conversation, conversation yes, yes. right? And so we like to just place people in camps and say, this is what they believe. And then you say, well, you ever talked to them about it? Well, no, I've never actually talked to them, but I know that's, that this is what they believe. So as I've talked with my, my father-in-law, the caution that that he has, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but what I've perceived he has is that when we claim to hear God's voice, that it that it supersedes or that it's more important or valuable than God's written word, and that's I think what you're getting at with mm-hmm. with prima scriptura, and I, I can say I can see that caution mm-hmm. because oh, if we don't read digest. Right, rip through that Bible on our own. It's really easy to be lazy mm-hmm. in saying I hear God's voice, right? Without actually doing the, I would say, the intellectual or the the work to truly understand what God's word is actually saying to us. Mm-hmm. We just shrink it off and say, "Well, I hear God's voice," right? Or I'm a son, or I'm his daughter. And so I, I've been so blessed by having conversations with 
my father-in-law. I've Absolutely. been so blessed because I can see his caution. I can say, wow, you're right in that area in the sense of we should have caution, but I'm I'm just saying I've been blessed by the conversations of having that with with my father-in-law. And as we think about why do some churches not believe it, it's because of a love and a respect and a reverence for God's word mm-hmm. and for not misrepresenting him right. uh, and his word by means of my own subjective understanding of what I perceive him saying to me. And so Absolutely. I can understand it. And I, and I know it's nuanced, but I can say personally, God does speak to his children. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a good father. He's given us a spirit. It's like, is he, if he's given us his spirit, how can he not speak to us? <laughs> like right. He's given us the very thing, his own person. And so I, I'd say, obvi- I, not obviously, but I'd say I, I, there's a strong case biblically that God speaks to us. But I think I'd love to take it this way is I've always been confused and it really started happening where I really started to get conscious of the, conscious of this when I started to get into youth ministry and really talking to middle schoolers and high schoolers, is I would use the terminology hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. And almost inevitably, every time I, I talked about that, I'd have a handful of students who were honest enough mm-hmm. <laughs> to say, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, is he going to talk to me like you're talking to me? What do you mean by hear God's voice? Sure. And I think I'd love to really just mention that I think as the church, we need to do a better job of describing the phenomenon of having a relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and the Father, where it's not so much as hearing audibly in my ear God speaking to me, but in a sense, having God form me through my internal world that he interacts. So the way I like to think about it is, so I have the Spirit of Christ within me. Mm-hmm. I still have my fleshly nature, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm working to have the Spirit of God reign supreme in my life. So as I build a relationship with Christ, God is not interacting with my flesh. God's not interacting with really my soul. God is interacting with my spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, the spirit can have an influence on my mind, and the spirit can, if I can say, introduce thoughts, or he can... He can in a sense, communicate with our soul, with mm-hmm. our mind. Mm-hmm. And so for different people, that looks different, though. And so that's where I'd say personality types and how you operate. God can, quote-unquote, speak to you or communicate, might be a better word, sure. communicate to you in different means. And I think that's where we need to do a better job, or I need to do a better job of really describing what it means to have God speak to you or communicate to you. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to say anything to that. Yeah, that's, I mean, just to be clear, God can communicate through an audible word, oh, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was brought back to the Lord. I was brought really to the Lord because my first encounters with him weren't really encounters. They were just knowledge um, through an audible word of God. But from that point forward, I, I haven't heard an audible word of God. And and when I see in Scripture so many different times that the audible word of God came to uh, to those who had hardened hearts that did not have a spirit to be able to receive his spirit, right? Balaam gets <laughs> spoken to from his donkey. <laughs> Balthazar gets the, the handwriting. There's, there's these external manifestations of God's voice uh, that come to those who were just incapable of hearing his voice beforehand, right, uh, internally. But 
but then we see, you know, so much of internal impressions in, in these different things. And uh, one of the ways that I like to describe it when we go through the, the classes and then I'll also do it in the Freedom Foundations is when we think of our, our different learning styles. Some of us are kinesthetic learners. We learn through the action of doing. Um, some of us are, are audible learners. We learn by hearing. Some of us are visual learners. We learn by seeing. Um, Holy Spirit tends to communicate with us in the way that he designed us to learn. Uh, it, it's not, you know, that's not the only way I'm going to get. Like if I'm an audible learner, it's not only going to be words and in, in voice or anything like that, but uh, it is something for us to, to be mindful of. Um, our love languages, right? Physical touch, acts of service. These are different ways that God could also um, speak to us through somebody else, through himself, right? Um, I'm very much a quality time person. And, and, you know, when I say I hear God's voice, sometimes it's not even words that I'm able to put towards it. It's, it's literally just a sense that I have of his presence in a moment of silence, when I'm, I'm sitting in, in the morning and I just got done reading scripture and then I'm just pausing to be with the Lord. Uh, he's speaking to me in the way that Emily speaks to me when she's sitting next to me. We, we were on our car ride home from a, a retreat that we did with the disciples yesterday. Uh, and for a majority of the car ride home, Emily and I didn't speak. It's not because we were upset at each other. It's literally just because our presence in the vehicle together uh, was saying enough in the moment. So when we say God speaks, it's not, you know, always a booming voice. It's not always a still quiet voice. It, it's, it's a multitude of different things. And when we go through this book of scripture, we see God has no limit to the way that he can speak to us. Romans 1 and in, in, in Psalms, uh, we see how God uses creation. He uses the world. The, the early church fathers would call this the book of creation or the book of, of beauty or the book of, you know, and, and God speaks to us through these things. Right. When we, Brother Lawrence, if you're familiar with him, he, he wrote the practice of the presence of God. His original name was actually Nicholas, uh, which is awesome. I relate with him. Uh, he actually encountered God through staring at, at a, a tree <laughs> to where the leaves were falling. And, and God gave him a internal revelation that in the springtime, God would rejuvenate that tree and would bring buds to that tree. And in that moment, God was speaking to his heart in a way that he gave his life up and became a monk and then wrote one of <laughs> a spiritual classic, Practicing the Presence of God. So we see God revealing himself all sorts of different ways throughout Scripture. Uh, and, and hopefully that's freeing to people. <laughs> and hopefully that, that gives people the question of, well, maybe, maybe God's been speaking to me, but maybe I've been looking for it in a specific way, uh, and he has much more to reveal to me. So I think this brings us to a, a question in a, I would say a caution that I generally have when it comes to hearing God's voice. And I don't know if it's a, it's a, justified caution, but it's just a caution that I feel as a, as a, as a Christian leader mm -hmm. that when I talk about and, and teach and encourage hearing God's voice, there's always a fear caution that I have that if people don't know and understand the Bible, mm -hmm. then 
practicing hearing God's voice can be, if I can say, dangerous, mm-hmm. because we're supposed to test the spirits or discern Absolutely. the spirits, and if we don't know what we're discerning or testing to, we don't know the standard, it comes to a point where it's like, is that my voice or God's voice? And really, that's the, the caution that I have, because it's like this um, like this crazy tension, because I know what God's done, voice has done for me, right? right? And I know right. how it's changed my life. But I've also seen people in in ministry, in the young adult group, and in right the youth group, and there's always grace for it. Obviously, that's sure. what we're. That's why we do, are in community. That's why we're pastors, so that we can help people grow in their faith. But it's messier mm-hmm. because you have to help people clean up and think differently, sure, and correct. But do you understand that caution? Oh, absolutely. And so, kind of, where do you see like how do you know if it's God's voice or if it's God communicating to you, mm-hmm. to your internal world or your, to your mind, or if it's just your own good biblical thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the caveat that you put on there at the end kind of uh, confuses me a little, not confuses me, but it, it makes the question a little bit more difficult to answer because sometimes our own good biblical thoughts are already God's word that he's already given to us and we can move forward yeah. on it with yeah. confidence, right? Um, but but how do I know, going back to, to Daniel Vanderklok's way of saying it, how do I know whether it's God or just bad pizza? You know? <laughs> I just, it, Meaning that it's it, make you feel funny on the yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, oh, yeah, I think I'm... I, I really think, because there's been multiple times to where, to where I felt like I heard God's voice uh, and, and I missed the mark, right? Um but this is something that we're growing in. It's something that I haven't learned what it feels like to uh, be quickened to the Spirit in my life in 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 perfect ultimate way, right? I'm I'm still learning what does it look like to discern the Holy Spirit and to discern the Holy Spirit from other spirits, other influences, right? Whether it's a worldly influence, whether it's a demonic influence, whether it's just a fleshly influence, uh, these are all three other ways that. That things come into our mind, that that thoughts are introduced to us. So um, the biggest thing is I would say scripture is the training ground for hearing God's voice. So that's where I go back to, like, I'm right there with you. I understand sola scripture. I understand prima scripture yeah. because anything apart from uh, the character and nature of Christ as revealed in scripture is is falsified is not of the Lord. Anything that cannot be found in the person of who Jesus is and then the teachings around him. So Paul's teachings, Peter's teachings, you know, James, John's teachings, all these different teachings around the teachings of Christ, around the person of Christ, around the kingdom of God. All these things are to point us in a way that we can learn what does it look like to both operate within that way, but then also hear and discern God's voice in such a beautiful way. And for somebody who comes up to me, and and it happens all the time, and I, again, we want to encourage people for listening, uh, but for somebody that goes around and proclaims that they've heard God's voice, but their Bible is dusty, I have a very difficult time as taking that as a word from the Lord. Anybody that wants to go and prophesy, but their Bible hasn't been cracked in uh, even a matter of days, (laughs) you know, and it's not to make it a legalistic thing, but it is going, if if we're going to claim that we are a people who moves 
not in, in who doesn't live by bread alone, but by lives by every word that proceeds, currently proceeds from the mouth of God, then we must be people who go into Scripture on a daily basis, and we must feed from it, and we must have a transformed mind from it, because it's only when our mind is transformed that we could actually discern what the Spirit is trying to reveal to us. Otherwise, we will get off in some sort of weird deep end, and then we're going to make everything a word of God. And no, not everything is a word of God. It's just... <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. So let me let me ask you a question. I don't necessarily... I, I want to ask this question because it gets asked to me, so I'd like mm-hmm. to have a conversation around it. So... If God's word, if sola scriptura, prima scriptura, if everything we need is in this book, mm-hmm. right? Everything. It's just it has it has the way to salvation. It has the way to truth and morality and godly living, and, and it provides the path to sanctification. Then why do you need to hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. Extra from what's already in there. Sure. And I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just. I, I get that so much, and so I think it's worth at, at least working working through a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's when we look at the Word of God, in, in, in the Greek, there's two different words for word. There's the logos word, and then there's the rhema word. Logos word is the general, uh, or, or like, um, it's a wide expanse. It, it's true for, for everyone, and it, it's like literally just all-encompassing. Um, and then there's the rhema word, which is a specific word, right? The logos word is is unchanging and, and covering so many different grounds, and we can root our faith deeply in it because it will never change. And then there's the rhema word that comes from God that's spoken specifically to a specific moment and gives application in a specific way. It doesn't take things out of context, but at the same time, sometimes it unpacks it a little bit further. Right when Paul in in Romans says uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of Christ, the word of Christ there is the Rhema word. So yes, Paul's referring to the gospel being preached in that instance, but we also have to remember that Paul was knocked off his donkey and encountered the Lord, encountered Christ, where Christ spoke a specific word into him. So he's also, I believe he's also referencing to this this greater thing to where God is delivering very specific words that are completely congruent and in support of the Logos word, but they are specific to the moment. They cut quick and they give... We've talked about it before, I think even on some of our conversations, uh, podcast episodes, is there's so many different things in Scripture to where, even in Paul's teachings, again, we, we could just use him as an example here, to where to one church he's giving one directive, to another church he's giving another directive, and it almost seems like they compete. But at the same time, it, it's a specific word for a specific time. When I have a, a, take it this way, when I have this year's discipleship class and last year's discipleship class, uh, there's different things, different circumstances, different happenings going on in those discipleship classes. The way that I apply the Word of God or the, the way that I would teach on a specific topic may change due to the current circumstances and the actual context of what these students are going for 
or, or going through or what they're encountering. Right now, we might apply Scripture in a not extra-biblical way, but in a different perspective due to COVID or or racism or these different aspects to where there's a rhema word of God that comes in and speaks directly to the moment, whereas that, that same scripture could be used towards other social injustices or other personal injustices. It, it, does that make sense? Yeah. So um, do we need something extra biblical? Well, we need to, we need to really describe what is, extra biblical is. The question is, does the Bible teach that we can hear God's voice, because then at that point, it's not necessarily extra-biblical. Extra right. It's actually a directional heart posture to have as a follower of Christ. It's not a rebellious heart posture, which sometimes in some people, I wouldn't say they directly would communicate that, but there's this deep, deep caution mm-hmm. to say, don't don't listen to those voices. They could be demonic. They're angels of light. You know, there's they're dark spirits posing as angels of light, and don't listen to them. And, you know, just stick to the word, stick to the word, stick to the word, stick to the word, stick to the word. And then there's no, uh, I was just, there can be a sense of like, you shut yourself off mm-hmm. to the spirit of God moving on you for the sake of, it's out, really out of fear of being influenced by outside voices. Right. And, you know, Jesus is very clear, and he's, I believe he's talking about, in John 10, you know, he's talking about salvation, but I, I think it's an overall perspective to his children. He says, my sheep hear and obey yes. my voice. They will not follow the voice of They will of not another. follow the voice of a stranger or voice of, an, of another. And so it, it, the question is, does the Bible teach that we can hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. And if it does, then it actually sets up a directional heart posture to first prima scriptura, you know, it's, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you need to read the Bible first, you need to know the word, right? You need to know it in context, you need to know and continue. But I think another part of it is, another part of this whole conversation of hearing God's voice is, the moments that I've sensed the the deepest caution is when I have, when there's someone who's rogue, it's like a rogue person hearing God's voice, right? It's that person who's not submitted to community or authority, Authority it's not accountable, And so, honestly, I think it's not a lack of, it's 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 both, it's we need to be submitted to God's Word. Mm-hmm. And if we're feeling something and it's not in alignment with God's Word, or you can't find it in God's Word, right. you have to take it kind of with a loose hand, right? So whether it's about, like, whether it's about your future, or whether it's about uh, a relationship, or whether it's about a job, like, those types of things, like, it could be God. Mm-hmm. Right, and sometimes he gives confirmation through other people and through circumstances. But in a lot of ways, personally, I hold all those things with an open hand, because because what I do know is God will speak to me of things concerning the kingdom, about my identity, Mm -hmm. about His Word, and and exposing truth to me like never before. And and there could be other things, but what it comes down to is I do believe that the Bible teaches us. That, and I'll just give you a quick example here. It's Romans 8, right? Mm-hmm. Romans 8, 15 through 17. And if you know the context of this, it's, it's amazing. Paul's writing, talking a lot about uh, the, the old way of, of the Jewish living. And just coming out of Romans 7, where, where he's like, I, I, don't, I do the things I don't want to do, but mm-hmm. then I do the things I don't want to do. And this, 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 this passage, and he's coming here, and he says in Romans 8, 1, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And now here we're working through Romans 8. Now we're in 15 through 17. He says, For we have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear, 
again, but you have received Mm -hmm. a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. It says the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that he may be glorified, or so we may be also glorified with him. And the part of the that, that I want to focus on is the fact that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you, when you testify, you're communicating something. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a communication. It's a, it's a communicating, it's a... Of, of something that is true, something that has happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so it says the Holy Spirit, if I can say, communicates with our spirit that we are God's children. So right there I go, okay, the Holy Spirit will communicate with our spirit mm-hmm. that we are his children. So he will communicate with our spirit that we are of our identity, of our worth, of our position as children. And so then I go, okay, if he's willing to communicate that... How, it doesn't say how he's going to communicate it. Right. It might be through a tree. It might be through nature. It might be through a friend. It might through a sermon through scripture. Through, yeah, it might yeah, through, through scripture. Yep. And so the point is, it leads us to believe that God will speak to us about uh, about our identity mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think we can get into other ways that God can speak to us. But scripturally, I just want to lay that out there. That right there, it's like it's clear as day to me, at least, that the Bible makes a case that. He will speak. Absolutely. Yeah, in in 1 Corinthians 2, he says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And he's he's talking about how, uh, so it's in 2.14. It says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but consider them foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. And again, he's not, he's not clarifying what that discernment looks like. Uh, you know, we're also told in Scripture that no one comes to the Father unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit. So even our salvation is a testimony that we have heard God's voice. Uh, and, and again, we say God's voice, and, and we're talking about a bunch of different things. Sometimes it's a feeling. Sometimes it's a, a just we're moved in a certain direction. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's constantly coming back. You were talking about it a second ago of going, have we submitted to authority? Hmm. And one, it's the first and foremost, the authority of Scripture. And then second, it's the authority of a, a governing church body, right? And in, in going, there's no perfect church or there's no perfect leaders, but we must search out someone who, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Someone who we can see the mark of Christ on them and they're moving through and operating in a way that they are exuding the character and nature of Christ. Not perfectly, but as, as best as we can find someone who's doing that. And then submitting to them as an authority point of this is you know mentorship, this is uh, church leadership, whatever it looks like. And then running these, you know, we're all growing and learning. I, I've been walking with Christ for I came back to know him in, in late 2010, early 2012, and ever since I've been walking with him, ever since I've been learning what it looks like to hear his voice, but 10 years, uh, I'm still just an infant when it comes to actually truly discerning God's word. And I, I will constantly bring words that I hear to Bobby Bogard, 
who's a, a great man in my life, uh, Pastor Tom Smith. You're my boss. I, I love submitting things to him. You and I have ran things by each other, uh, and it's going... I'm nowhere looking to just run on with my own authority hmm. of this is what I've heard from the Lord, so this is the word for my life, so shove off if you think anything else. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've seen... Get out the way. Right? <laughs> Move, get out the way. Uh, and unfortunately, I've seen individuals who have ran off in that way, and history has proven itself time and time and time again that pride comes before the fall and it's only a matter of time before them running off in their own authority is actually their own destruction and it's so unfortunate to watch if we would simply humble ourselves to go at the end of the day it's not about me having some miraculous revelation of god it's actually me submitting myself to who he is submitting myself to his word as revealed in scripture in submitting myself to wise counsel in my life and if i do those things on a regular basis if i'm in the word on a regular basis it will give me a framework to where i can healthily move forward in hearing god's voice i also want to bring up the the aspect of deuteronomy 19 or is it 18 or 19 let me see here somewhere in there <laughs> deuteronomy 18 right at the end it's talking about prophecy, and actually, you know, praise the Lord, we're under the law of grace now. <laughs> instead of, uh, but in, at the end of, of Deuteronomy 18, it's talking about anybody who would proclaim, prophetically declaim that they have a word of God. And it actually says if somebody were to prophetically declaim that they, they had a word of God and it didn't actually come to be true as a true word of God, and God says you will know because it will either come to pass or it won't, uh, that they would actually be put to death. Uh, and that they would actually be judged. And, and again, we're under the law of grace, so we don't have to walk around going, I'm so terrified I'm going to drop dead lest the Lord smite me for having misheard him. Uh, but at the same time, the same context there is true to where when, when I make a claim of thus saith the Lord or God told me, this should not be a willy-nilly light phrase that we throw around. This should be something that we are reverent towards. Huh. And we go, if I truly believe God told me this, then one, my life should be altering in a way that that is congruent with it. If I say, I truly believe that God told me to, you know, whatever, <laughs> to, to bless that person with a thousand dollars. But then all of a sudden the next day I, I, you know, go, well, I need that money. We have to really truly go, am I, am I believing that this was a word of the Lord? And what does that look like? What proof do I have? Have I ran it through authority? Have I ran it through scripture? And if I have, as the moment I declare that I should keep account for it and see if it comes to pass. The, the different prophecies that we see of, of people prophesying that the world's going to end and that, that these should be held accountable for, not to the point of death by any means, but at the same time, we should be responsible individuals that when I go about saying the Lord has said, or I feel the Lord has said that I'm responsible enough and integrous enough to journal that, to come back around and follow through on that. And if I missed it, I, I should make amends for that. I should apologize for that. And I have made a, I've 
probably not in every instance, but I've made a, a large move in the last couple of years of my life to make amends for prophetic declarations that I've given to individuals that didn't come to pass. Because uh, I want to watch and I want to see, did I actually hear God's voice? Because that's a great learning experience for me. And again, God's grace is going to move me into a new season to where hopefully I'll be quickened to the spirit even more and be able to discern those spiritual things. But part of it is making amends for those areas that I, I proclaimed. Yeah, it's, it's as I've thought through, all right, so God speak to us, right? Our identity, and you're kind of mentioning as you're giving prophetic words and mm-hmm. What I've noticed in in our culture, or just in Christianity in America, prophecy is for exhortation and encouragement, but mm-hmm. I've almost sensed like people have taken that and haven't truly understood that you can actually encourage someone without getting a word from the Lord. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can encourage from character, not always from the Word of God. Yeah. You know, like... some Someone comes up to you, and I've had this, and I've done this a lot, mm-hmm. right? Especially my my years of kind of coming back to the Lord when I was 19, 20, 21, where I just would like notice something about someone and then I'm like, can I pray for you? Right. And then I would translate my appreciation for that person into a quote unquote prophetic word. Mm -hmm. And I just want to kind of make this statement that you can encourage someone from a genuine place of love. And that is just as valuable as getting a quote unquote word. Mm-hmm. And it's actually more in, there's more integrity in that because it's true, right. more true to how, now God might've inspired you noticing that, but expressing it authentically, I think is extremely important that we don't over spiritualize encouragement. Mm-hmm. Now there is the place for right call and encouraging through in a sense, prayer and mm-hmm. more of that uh, prophetic encouragement. But I think there is a fine line. And I, if I'm being honest, in the last few years, I've been much more apt to be just personal and authentic with my encouragement than be over-spiritualizing it. Because that's just been my personalism. I've, as I've walked through my own journey, I've had that bent to do that. And I've, the reason I've had that bent and I've noticed is God's highlighted, that it was pride. Is mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to be someone. I wanted to be the guy who came and encouraged and then their life turned around, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's comes from kind of a good place of like you want to help people but at the same time it comes from a very prideful place yeah, because it's just like you want to exalt yourself mm-hmm. and if it that's in me I'm like and I, I'm not saying it's in everyone but I just think for me I'll just say that for me mm-hmm. that's what I've had to do is just and I want to to anyone who's listening it's okay just to encourage someone like right. literally write it write it on a piece of paper and or just deliver it to them um, but as we kind of talk about just that prophetic encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you think it's, how would you go about encouraging someone to do that? Cause I think there's a, there is a place for it in our church. There is a place for it in our group, in our community. And I think it's, it's important. I lost my train of thought. It's coming back to me right now. <laughs> I'm rambling. So the need for community and the safety of community in encouraging one another. So you you were you were mentioning a little bit ago that when you're you've had to go and make amends for delivering words and I've have had to do the same and I just think it goes to the fact of we're not delivering encouragement and prophetic words for our sake it's for mm-hmm. other people's sake we're not hearing God's voice because it's a sleight of hand trick or a you know a novelty mm-hmm. of Christianity it's to actually 
grow our personal relationship with Christ, but also grow our love for one another. Yeah. How beautiful of a thing that we can have a group of people and we can not judge each other based on an instance, but we can actually sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like, like sharpen, like sharpening is not like a very like uh, nice and quiet and calm. Like when you sharpen a knife, it is violent. Right. When you sharp, like iron sharpens iron. Like iron sharpening iron is not like rubbing shoulders and, and mm-hmm. singing kumbaya. Like yeah. there's friction. It's friction. Yeah. And that's what I think this is, is what I'm getting at is that that's when we grow in community is when we have grace, accountability, mm-hmm. communication, forgiveness, right? And all yep. these things as we go back to God's word. And I think as we do that, we can actually grow in knowing and hearing God's voice mm-hmm. and encourage it as we go to scripture and we, we understand scripture fully and it really allows us to be the body of Christ, allows us to have love for one another in a way that we couldn't if we didn't express the prophetic encouragement in, in hearing God's voice with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'll say this, that, you know, the beautiful thing is, is when we go into Scripture, when we submit to healthy authority, when we submit to community, these things play off of each other. You know, when, I, when I'm going into Scripture constantly and I'm, I'm truly allowing, and this is another thing about the voice of God, is, is we do receive from, from God's, God's Word. You know, when it says that, uh, that all Scripture is breathed, this is in 2 Timothy 3, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, uh, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The, the word there, breathed out, it's the only time this word is used in Scripture. It's theonestus. And, and it truly means a, a breath of God. It's like when God picked up the dirt and breathed into the nostrils of man to give life. It's, there's a way of going into Scripture that we can then receive the breath of God, the life of God, the, the truth from Scripture, that it does a supernatural work in us. And, and what it does, why I bring that up is when we're doing that on a consistent basis, it's actually refining our ability to hear from him. When we're doing that on a consistent basis, it's building a picture of what it looks like to submit to authority. When we're doing that on a consistent basis, it's pushing us back into community for iron sharpens iron. And when we are then submitting to authority, healthy authority should be pointing us back to Scripture to allow that to happen again, and then pointing us back to community. And then when we're in healthy community, again, these things just play off of each other. And that's where I constantly, throughout any of the walks and journeys of discipleship and spiritual formation, I constantly say this is a a long road that we will grow in. And if we would just be willing to be humbled, if we would catch the, the true vision of what it looks like to literally lay our lives down as a holy sacrifice, to put off the old man, and to fixate our gaze on who Jesus is, we will we will learn those areas. You and I both, have account, I was right there with you to where I was really doing it from a prideful stance. I was going during worship and delivering words during worship because, you know, if I got tears, I felt like it was bonus points, you know, <laughs> like, man, sweet. They were crying. Yeah. 
might have been because I mentioned that they were depressed and God yeah. was going to deliver them, but who cares about those right. facts? And I learned, I realized, and it, it wasn't necessarily my intention, but I did realize how much of it was manipulation of really realizing I could say this and I can I could touch them because I know that this would be a touching point for them. And and don't go when, there, Nick. <laughs> don't go there, Nick. When I when I realized it, and when I had, and it was in it was in a morning time in Scripture, and I was probably going through like Timothy or Titus or something where Paul's you know exhorting and giving kind of <laughs> rebukes and challenges and all these different areas that that God again used it to poke at that place in my life. And it was actually through hearing God's voice that it refined my ability to hear God's voice and deliver God's voice. So we want to encourage this. We want to push everyone towards hearing God's voice. But I, I again say, you don't start by just simply running around for months at a time trying to hear God's voice. You start by submitting yourself to Scripture, by getting a clear picture of who Jesus is, by getting a clear picture of what His will is, and then and then going on that journey and just going, God, speak to me. Speak to me through scripture. Speak to me through brothers. Speak to me through authority. Speak to me through creation. And it's a beautiful journey journey that will refine us. We will miss it. Then we take, <laughs> we take responsibility for it. But then we pick ourselves back up or actually we allow Holy Spirit to pick us back up and then lead us and guide us into all truth from there on out. That's a great way to end right there. Yeah. That's a great way to end. Well, Nick, it's been a pleasure. I love talking to you. Hey. Always get blessed by it. I love talking to you. I love looking you in the face. Okay, this is a really weird way to end. No, this is exactly <laughs> how it's supposed to end. I heard from the Lord that this is how we were oh, supposed God, to end. Oh, God, stop, stop. I love you, brother. I love you too, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Jake and Nick on Access Podcast. We look forward to having you back with us for our next podcast.